Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray sincerely, O Lord, that tonight you are God. And by the time we finish, my Father, may you have revealed yourself to us in such a way that we will no longer be able to think, act, or speak the same way. May you be revealed in our hearts, and may that change our lives forever. Thank you for this, O Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking absolute control. We commit today into your hands. We really thank you. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. And amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I would like you to do, um, what I'd like you to do for the next uh, few minutes, and so this is what I want you to do. Kindly put into the chat, I'll write it so everybody who logs on can see it. Um, what you consider hindrances to prayer. This is not, I'm not trying to catch you out. What would stop you in any situation? What would stop you praying? Um, and I say that with all my heart. And so what would stop you praying? So what I want you to do is kindly put into the chat what you consider hindrances to prayer. Okay, um, I'll just let the answers roll through um, as we do so. So this is what we're going to do. Okay, and we're going to take, so as you put them in, what I'm going to do is I'm going to literally we're going to work through a few things and we're going to see what happens. By the way, you, you're, you can't get it wrong. If you feel it's a hindrance to prayer, then, um, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening by podcast, and I know you can't pop something in the chat or you're thinking about it, I just want you to build your own list. Um, what would you consider a hindrance to prayer? So I'm going to give you a minute, everybody. And so um, we've got some really good ones. And so if so, everybody, if you've just joined, what I'd like you to do, and don't worry if it's been said already, just pop it into the chat. What I'd like you to do is very interesting. What I'd like you to do is pop into the chat what you consider a hindrance to prayer. Thank you for being so honest, everybody. Thank you so, so much. You're, you're really, really doing great. Um, so we'll do that for a few seconds and, and, and then we'll begin. We're going to work through as many as possible. As many as possible. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got a great list. Um, for those of you that are listening by podcast, I'm just going to run through a few of them, but I'll run through the list really quickly now. And then we'll begin to deal with them. And then um, God will see us through tonight. Okay. All right. So the, I've got a few. So um, tiredness has popped up more than once. 
laziness has popped up more than once, unbelief and delay, disobedience, intrusive thoughts, sin, unforgiveness, worries and stress, guilt from sin, unforgiveness, distractions, sin, pure and simple laziness. <laughs> um, wow. An unsettled mind, malice, hope deferred relationship. Um, I would love to, whoever wrote that, um, can you clarify what you mean by relationship? Just so I get that right. Um, tiredness, a lack of focus, unbelief, doubt, and distraction, heaviness of heart, feeling that you've prayed for it already and God knows it, noise, laziness, stress, feeling like God won't answer straight away, fear. Okay, fantastic. I've got distractions, tiredness, not treating your wife with love and respect, not knowing God's mind about something, uh, feeling unworthy when you are very angry, doubt, unbelief, that you need a long time. So this one is, is, is clear that you need a long time to pray properly. Anger, busyness, heaviness of heart, disappointment, unforgiving. We've got that a couple of times. Um, feeling like I've upset God or disconnected from him in general. Time and being distracted by a lot of things. Not scheduling your day, your time or your day. That's, that's, that's a good one. Not being obedient to what he requested before. Too busy. Wow. All right, I'm going to stop after this list. So when you're very upset and in pain, when you feel like you're undeserving, poor time management, distraction, tiredness, worrying has come back, distraction has come in, a broken heart, fantastic. Not knowing if you're praying right, not knowing what to say, unbelief and doubt. Um, the question was, what would you consider a obstacle or to prayer? Something that will stop you from praying setting up idols in our lives that's interesting angry at god for prayers you feel he didn't answer fantastic all right ladies and gentlemen what we're going to do is this this effectively so I, i've looked at your list and if we if i let you go it's interesting how we all know the things that would stop us from praying and so i i, I would love i'm going to go through the list and this is what we're going to have a look at. Let me clarify something as we start. And it is this. Prayer is God's idea, not ours. And this is how I know it is God's idea. The first prayer in the Bible, and I'm just going to go through a, a few things, and then I'm going to start touching on some of the things you said. And I hope by the end of today, we've got about 50 minutes. I hope by the end of today that God presents to you something that will change your world. And it's this. And so let's, let's clarify. The first thing I want you to remember is this, that the very first prayer in the Bible and if we want to put prayer in simple terms, 
Prayer is where someone asks God to do something. That's it's as simple as that. And so if you're listening by podcast and 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 you're or you're driving, let's clarify. Prayer is simply asking the Lord to do something. And it, it's that is prayer. We are requesting, we are asking God to do something or to get something done, something we can't do. So when God wants something, so when we want something done that we can't do ourselves, we ask the Lord, and, and it's called prayer. The first prayer in the Bible is found in Genesis 1.26. And Genesis 1.26 is this. When I say it's the first prayer, not the first declaration, is, is they're, they're just wonderful things, but the first time somebody asked God to do something that they cannot do alone, is found in Genesis 1.26. And, and I know this may, I, I hope this, I'll put that into the chat for you. Um, I wish I could type out my notes, but that's, that's okay. So I'll, I'll put Genesis 1.26. The good thing is you can grab this on the podcast. And so Genesis 1.26 is the first prayer in the Bible. This is what the Bible says um, in Genesis one. 26 and genesis 1 26 and the bible says and i'll read it in the bible in basic english just for because I, I i pretty much like that version and the bible says and god said let us make man in our image like us and let him have rule over the fish of the of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every living thing which goes flat on the earth pause Notice, you may say, but that was God speaking. But yes, God was speaking to himself. He was speaking to God the Father. God the Father was speaking to God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know what? Let us do this. By virtue of the fact that it is necessary and it is within our ability. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's clarify. The first prayer, if that's the first prayer in the Bible, prayer is God's idea. And so he asks, he says to himself, let's do this. And he does it. So if the first prayer in the Bible is answered, then that says something about prayer. That means, let's keep this in mind, when God invented prayer or when God created prayer, his desire or intention behind it was that prayer will be answered. And so we realize that this is key. And so as we look at take a look so we're going to have a look at all the things you have listed that we call hindrances to prayer and then i'll stop i'm going to go through them i'm only going to go through them for about 30 minutes 20 minutes or so so i'll get through as many as i can but i will keep the list if that's um i'll keep i'll copy the chat and i'll keep the list any that i do not get through and i feel need to be explained the next time i sit down with you i will do so um, and so we'll literally have a mini prayer seminar on literally on distractions. But there's something I want you to, to get hold of today. Um, and this, this is really important. It's very, very important. And so I want you to notice, number one, God invents prayer. The first prayer, Genesis 1.26. The reason I say it's 1.26, he asks himself to do something. But he says, I can't do this the way I created the heavens or the animals. We have to do this together. So he literally says to himself, let us 
do this. When you get to heaven, you can work out the details and God can explain the Trinity and it will all become very clear. But he says, let us. And the Bible says, verse 27 and verse 28 says that God does that. So prayer is answered. And so it is through the Bible. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize about prayer is this. Notice, this is the second thing I want you to remember. The list you have just laid out. This is your list, not mine. I would have picked a few. There's some that I would not have put on my list that you are going through. This is key. And it's this. Um, let me, let's pause. It's, it's 7.14. So let's take our declaration. So let's do that together. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And wherever you are in the world, that prayer applies to you. Wherever your feet touch, that declaration holds sway. And may God heal your land. And I say it with all, without any reservation. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's an interesting thing. This is also what I want you to realize. Can you turn in your Bibles? Let's understand a principle. I want to make a statement, but I want to show you, show it to you in the Bible. And I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, reading from verses 10. And I want, I'll, I'll read to 12. I might read to 18, but let's see how we go. I am, I'm very cautious on time. And... And then I'm going to start breaking down your answers. Ephesians 6. And I'm going to read from 10. I'm reading from the Bible in basic English. And the Bible says the following. Lastly, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Take up God's instruments of war so that you may be able to keep your position against all the deceits of the evil one 12 verse 12 for our fight is not against flesh and blood but against authorities and powers against the world rulers of this dark night against the spirits of evil in the heavens and then the armor of god is listed and all those things are the things that god has promised you and made possible through our lord and savior jesus christ uh righteousness truth salvation, um, preparation of the gospel of peace. And so the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, the, all of those things are made real in Christ. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize something. Look at the list you have put out. If prayer is facing that much assault, it must be valuable. Because notice, the Bible says, we are not fighting an ignorant enemy. We're fighting an organized enemy. So he has put his resources 
in at immense amounts to notice to stop us praying. The list could have gone on and on. That means prayer must be valuable. And keep this scripture in mind, and then I'll go to your answers, is this. John 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10 says the following. The thief does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I am come that you may have life and life more abundant. Notice, pause for a moment. If the thief comes to steal something, then there must be something to steal. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is notice how many things Satan has put against your prayer life. That means your prayer life must be more valuable than you and I give it credit for. That's all I wanted to say. I wanted to say in a very um, you know, a pastoral way, you know, a preacher's method that resources are always deployed where things are valuable. But let me prove it to you in the Bible. The Bible says the thief does not come but to steal, to kill and to destroy. And also you are fighting against an organized, intelligent army of resistance. And so if they are consistently fighting your prayer life, then your prayer life must be valuable way beyond what we and you and I think. And we're going to leave that there. We're going to park it. So let's have a look at some of the things that we listed. Um, should be fun. The first thing is tiredness. Now, let's pause for a moment. Hear me well. A couple of things I want you to remember about tiredness. Think about it. Tiredness simply means a requirement to sleep. That means you need to sleep. So let's keep that in mind. But we are usually tired, not so much that we don't sleep, but that we don't sleep well. So when we sleep, we're exhausted, but our mind is still worrying and we are panicking. And notice, so let's put that in context. So let's deal with, with tiredness. And then we'll also come to the issue of, of strength and energy. Uh, but let's have a look at Psalms 127. And I'm going to stay in the King James Version of the Bible for the moment. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. That means, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman stays awake, but in vain. Verse 2, listen carefully. It is vain for you. That means it is a waste of time for you to rise up early to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Now, let me explain sorrows. Sorrows means something expected is not present. So when you are sorrowing about something, it means something that you really want, need, or require has been taken away. And the Bible says you eat the bread of sorrows. That means you're consistently focused on things that are missing. And the Bible says it is a vain. That means an empty or a waste of time. It's the same way that it, when you put a hamster on a hamster wheel and it assumes it's getting somewhere, it's just running. It's a waste of time. So let's keep this in mind. The Bible says, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Why? Because God is never out of control. So let, let's clarify something. So when we look at tiredness, 
when we look at tiredness, tiredness comes when you are confronted with a situation that you feel you cannot change, but it's inevitable. It might be a bill. It might be the, uh, the, uh, a period in the month coming where you're expecting failure to come. That might be involved with pregnancy. That might be involved with a direct debit. That might be involved with waiting for your exams. But because you feel that there's nothing I can do and this thing is going to come, many times we become tired. Now, I will show you this in the Bible. Okay, Luke 22. The disciples have been talking to Jesus, if you look at it in the Bible, from John chapter 13, through the Passover, through the Last Supper, going out to the Mount of Olives, they sang a hymn, they were all great. But then Jesus tells them that by the time I am done, I am going to be taken by the Gentiles and they're going to kill me. I'm going to come back in three days, but they're going to kill me. The disciples are facing a change they're not ready for. Listen carefully. Now, Jesus takes them to the Mount of Olives and he says, pray. I'll read from verse 40, Luke 22, verse 40. I will try and keep up with all the scriptures just so that I don't lose anybody. Um, by the way, the first one was Psalms 127. One, I think it was one to two. Just so, so we're clear. Verse 40, Jesus speaking. And when he came to the place, he said to them, make a prayer that you may not be put to the test. And he went a little distance from them and falling on his knees in prayer. He said, Father, if it is your pleasure, take this cup from me. But still let your pleasure, not mine, be done. Amazing story. And an angel from heaven came to him to give him strength. Okay, keep that in mind. And being in great trouble of soul, the force of his prayer became stronger and great drops like blood came from him falling to the earth. And getting up from prayer, he came to the disciples, verse 45. Now listen carefully. He came to the disciples and saw that they were sleeping for sorrow. That means they were not tired physically. They were confronted with a situation they could not change that they thought was inevitable. And because nobody had come back from the dead, the way they wanted Jesus to come, Jesus said he would come back from the dead. They were terrified that their lives were about to change for the worse. What did they do? they slept. So let me say this to somebody. When you find yourself too tired to pray, it is not because you are not sleeping enough. It is because you are worrying. Psalm 127 verses 1 to 2, it says you sit up and you eat the bread of sorrows. That means you play over failure images in your mind that is going to... Uh, the bill's going to come. They're going to chase me. I'm, I, how am I going to explain it to my family? I'm not going to have enough money. This is going to happen. And, and you know what? Sorrow hits. Hear me well. The Bible says, God said, he giveth his beloved sleep. Why? Before, this, this is why I want you to realize something. Matthew 6 verse 8. I hope this changes somebody's view. 
<laughs> Matthew 6, verse 8. The Bible says before you pray, God knows what you are about to pray for, and he has already provided the answer to what you're asking for. So when you hear me well, when you now pray, worrying is not going to make it happen any faster. So what am I trying to explain? When you find yourself too tired to pray, more than likely you are dealing with an issue of sorrow because you assume, now keep this in mind, the assumption or what Satan wants you to believe is that God will not come through or God will not keep his word. The Bible says that the disciples were sleeping because of sorrow. Meaning, they said, you know, what else are we going to do? I mean, they, the Bible said they couldn't pray. A tiredness came. So, hindrance number one that you listed. This is, this is, this is the list that we've got. But when you find tiredness, whereby you just sleep, or you because it's like let me just leave it the issue is not a lack of sleep the issue is i'm facing something i cannot handle ladies and gentlemen please let me say this prayer and god are synonymous that means prayer it connects you to the power and the ability of the God you serve. That means when you lay it in the hands of God, it is done. Trust him. Am I saying that you, we're going to come to repetitive prayer in a minute, but listen carefully. That is the reason for tiredness. Now, notice, let's settle something. Think about it. When someone now tells you that, you know what, it was laid on my heart concerning you and the Lord said I should do this for you, but you know what, I'll get it done in three days. Have you noticed when you are anticipating an answer, energy comes? Keep what I'm saying in mind. So tiredness in and of itself is not a lack of sleep. It is that you feel that you're facing a situation that God cannot handle. So let's, I'm going to do this all night. I'm going to do this as many times as I can tonight. Turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. This is what the Bible says. Is there any wonder which the Lord is not able to do? At that time, I said in the spring, I will come back to you and Sarah will have a child. Let's clarify something. The Bible says beyond words, there is nothing that is too hard for God. And I want you to remember that fact. That means when you put a matter in the hands of God, you are not going to give God a challenge that he cannot handle. Are we together? That will deal with tiredness. That will deal with tiredness. Okay? All right. That will deal with the tiredness. So let's go to laziness. Laziness and tiredness are very similar. Many times, what we call laziness is an unwillingness to do something. That means we know what we should do, but we don't do it for one reason 
or the other. And we call it laziness. Hear me well. Let's, let's break that down. So when you find yourself in front of a task or God says to do something and you find yourself reluctant to carry it out, we'll look at two examples. So let's go to the book of Numbers. Numbers 13. I've got to put these in the chat because I don't want to lose anybody. I'm glad it's recorded. So we're looking at laziness, numbers 13. And so la uh, laziness, simple terms, is an unwillingness to do what you should do when you should do it, okay? Let's settle what it is, and then we'll go on. Um, the Lord has told the Israelites, I'm taking you into the promised land, in you go, and then Moses sends 12 spies into the promised land. They come back. And if you, I'll read the story from 25. This is their report. They go into the promised land. They come out of the promised land and they realize everything that God said about the promised land is true. But listen carefully. They said at the end of the 40 days, they came back from viewing the land. I'm reading from Numbers 13. I'm reading from verse 25, and I'm going to read to the end. And ladies and gentlemen, notice, I'm dealing with laziness. And I am, by the way, laziness can also be associated with procrastination and fear. We're coming to that. Um, it was Genesis 18, 14. Fantastic. So let's deal with laziness. At the end of the 40 days, they came back from viewing the land and they came back to Moses and Aaron, all the children of Israel to Kadesh in the wasteland of Paran and gave an account to them, to all the people and let them see the produce of the land. And they said, we came to the land where you sent us and truly it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of the produce of it. But the people in the land are strong and the towns are walled and very great. Further, we saw the children of Anak, that means the giants there. And the Amalekites are in the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites by the sea, of, by the side of Jordan. Then Caleb made signs to the people to keep quiet and said to Moses, let us go up straight away and take this land, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad account of the land they had been to see, saying, the land through which we went is a land causing destruction to those living in it. And all the people we saw there are men more than of common size. That's verse 32. Verse 33, they said, there we saw those great men, the sons of Anak, offspring of the Nephilim. Those are the giants. And he said, we seem to ourselves no more than insects. And so we seem to them. Notice, what was the issue? Let's clarify. Laziness, procrastination, fear, where you are delaying doing what God says, is a function not of the fact that you are lazy. It is a function of the fact that 
we don't believe that God will keep his word. Because notice, the two people that did believe that God will keep his word said, let's go now. There was, let's go after them. Why? Because they believed that God will keep his word and has kept his word thus far. So ladies and gentlemen, please hear me well. When you look at procrastination, when you call yourself, I'm too lazy to pray. The issue is not that there is this spirit of laziness or heaviness. No, it is, the issue is concerning that particular thing. You have a fear of failure that is stronger than your faith in God. Now, please understand me. So when you say that, oh, I was too lazy to pray. No, the issue, the issue is you find yourself not doing what you should do. Now, the wonderful thing is when you now do it, you realize that this thing wasn't such a big deal. Why was I afraid all the time? So the issue when we come to laziness, when it comes to prayer, it is this. When we do not pray because we feel we are lazy or we don't schedule or we put it off so or, or we're distracted or we don't manage our time, it is the baseline is this. It's because we don't believe that God will do what he says. Because the moment you believe that God will do what he says, you will ask for whatever he asks for. He says you should ask for. And all he asks you to do is ask. He doesn't ask you to do. He just said, ask. Okay. I've got that one about physical exhaustion. Now I'll come to physical exhaustion. So we've dealt with laziness. So when you feel that you are lazy, ladies and gentlemen, the solution to laziness is revelation, whereby you go back and find out that. So let me look at examples of where God has done it you will notice the strength to get it done and prayer will come. So please hear me well. When we started today's meeting, um, someone said they had a backache. Notice the first thing I did was pray. Why? Listen carefully. Practice. Practice. So that's the second thing. So we've got through two. So we've dealt, dealt with tiredness and laziness. I've only got about, I, I need to, to summarize what I want to say. So then I'm going to pick up another one. Unbelief and delay. Let's settle something. Many times, um, unbelief is one. That's straightforward. When you do not believe God, there's nowhere else that belief comes except from God himself through his word. So when you find yourself in a situation where you don't believe God, now please understand this. John 6, 63 says, the words that I speak to you, John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you, Jesus says, they are spirit and they are life. That means when the word gets in, the Holy Ghost will turn it into faith and confidence, which is what we call belief. Read the stories in the Bible. So when you see unbelief, that means research, study is going to help you. So that one's straightforward. But then we have the issue of delay. And where a delay, and delay is hard to deal with because it's like everything around me, it doesn't look like it's going to work. And delay has a way of making the world 
or God look unfaithful. Now, this is something I want you to understand. Please keep this in mind. There is a place. What will settle? Delay. What will give you strength when it comes to delay? Turn in your Bibles. Please keep this in mind. I'm going to pick from stories I, 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 I really like. So, or the ones that the way the, the Holy Ghost is laying it on my heart. Right, Second Kings 4, reading from verse 8. I've told the story before about the Shunammite woman. When Elijah says to her, so this is how God will deal with a delay. I won't read the whole story because of time, but let's deal with delay. Second Kings 4, reading from verse 8. The Bible says, Now there came a day when Elisha went to Shunem, and there was a woman of high position living there who made him come in and have a meal with her. And after that, every time he went by, he went into her house for a meal. And then the story goes on. He goes in for a meal. After that, she builds a house. After that, he comes and stays. After that, then he has the encounter with her. And it's a great story. I'm, I'm, deliberately, I'm deliberately not reading it. And he says one day, he says, what, should we, what would you want God to do for you? The lady says, I'm fine. Nothing. I'm all right. The, they work out that she has no child. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. From verse 15, 2 Kings 4, verse 15. Then he said, send for her. And in answer to his voice, she took her place at the door. And Elisha said, at this time in the coming year, you will have a son in your arms. And she said, no, my Lord. Oh, man of God, do not say what is false to your servant. Why? That's delay talking. The Bible says from verse 17, then the woman became with child and gave birth to a son at the time named in the year after, as Elisha had said to her, how does God deal with delay? So listen to me very carefully. How does God deal with delay? What does he do? Notice the Lord did not sit upon the Shunammite woman and say, focus on this every day. You know, I'm going to bring a child. I'm going to bring a child or come back. I'll send an angel. What does he do? He tells her to do what is within her control. So hear me well. Where, how does God get you out or get you over the back of a delay? He will give you instructions that will build your faith and you will not even realize he's building it. That means you just showing up, you just keeping going, you just being kind when he says so, you saying a prayer for asking God to bless those who have what you want. You being willing to follow the leading or the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
listen to me very carefully. It is building into you the strength necessary so that when your word comes, God will answer your prayers. Now, please keep this in mind. This is what God does with the Shunammite, and he deals with the delay. This is also what God does with Joseph. Joseph thought his story had gone. So God said, do what you can do now. I will take care of the big picture. And God makes sure that what Joseph wants happens. So how does God deal with delay? So ladies and gentlemen, when you find yourself that I can't pray because there is a delay, then do what God asks you to do around you. And that means literally just follow the last instruction. Wake up, say a prayer where God wants you to say a prayer, be kind where God wants you to say it, be kind. And you will see that those little actions will open up a world to you that you have no idea of. Um, and this is what I want you to do. So what was God doing for the lady? He gave her an instruction. When she obeys the instruction, she realizes she has the strength to do the next instruction. So you know what? First, let me pluck up courage and get in this man's way. Then she says, let me pluck up courage. He ate the last time. So you know what? God, it must be you talking to me. So you know what? Let me feed you on the regular. I can afford it. Then she the Lord said, okay, build a house. Notice, what was she doing? Her relationship with God was, was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So when God now comes with the big one, uh, when God now comes with the big one, now listen to me very carefully. She didn't realize that that was what God was doing. She didn't realize, but God was building her faith so that when the moment came and it was critical. A bank of obedience covered her unbelief. And the Bible says, notice, because she was in a flow with God, even her own words couldn't stop God's word coming to pass. So will it be with you. So if you are waiting or you are believing God for something, listen to me very carefully. Let me say this loud. The biggest key to miracles in that area is kindness. Why? Because God is kind. And what do I want you to remember in this moment is this. Please keep this in mind. Psalms 37 verse 23. This is what the Bible says. Psalms 37 verse 23. The Bible said the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Now listen to what the Bible says. The Bible then says, and he busies himself with every step, meaning God is busy making your journey do what he wants it to do, even though he cannot tell you what he is doing. <laughs> so I want you to realize when God now just gives you mundane, quote unquote, instructions, what is he doing? He's dealing with the issue of delay. He's just building your faith until the moment comes. Hear me well, when it will matter that you believe God, by that time you would have built a bank of confidence. And in that moment, 
Jesus said it this way. Mark 11, 24. Mark 11, 24. And I'm going to stop here and I'm going to move on. Remember this. Mark 11, 24. Jesus said, whatsoever thing, therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Meaning it is when you pray, that singular prayer, and you may not know which one, but the Bible says when you pray and all the ducks are in a row, heaven is going to kick in. But until that time, God is building you and building you and building you. He's doing what? The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means let him order your day. Let him tell you, be kind where I want you to be kind. Psalms 37 verse 23 psalms 37 verse 23 so listen carefully so what was god doing god builds you during a delay now let me um, we've got 10 minutes left so i'm going to stop for a moment i'm just going to pull back i could go through everyone and i promised you i would it's going to be fun but this is the key notice for everything that you have listed and we can go through every single one. The primary issue is our knowledge of who God is, what God has done, what God has done through Christ, and what the Holy Ghost is here to do. The primary issue, let me repeat that, is who God is, what he has done, what Christ has done for us and what the Holy Ghost is here and able to do. The reason I say so is this. Notice everything you listed has already, and I, every single one, and that's why I wanted the, you to create the list. Everything you've listed has been sorted by God already. So it is us not knowing that the promise has been answered. And keep in mind, that is what's stopping us asking God to do it. So notice this. Keep this in mind. Take a look at all the things. So heaviness of heart and mind is there. Let's nail this to the ground. Isaiah 61. So let's deal with heaviness. I'm going to just skip through a few. Isaiah 61. The Bible says, and I'm going to go into the King James. I'll read from one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to them that are bound. Meaning, if you are bound, it is God's desire. God came to set you free and he has done so through Christ. If you are a captive, God came to set you free through Jesus Christ and he successfully did so. The one I want you to focus is if you have a broken heart, and somebody put that, a broken heart. A broken heart is God's prerogative to fix, not yours. All you have to do is give it to him. He will fix it. If he cannot, he'll replace it. Don't worry. This is what I want you to understand. This is the wonderful thing about God. When it comes to the heart, God will heal and restore your heart. But no, let's, keep, let's remember, we're dealing with heaviness of heart and mind. Keep this in mind. Verse 3, Isaiah 61, verse 3. 
to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give to them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What is the garment of praise? Praise belongs to God. That means you begin to declare that God is who he says he is. Sometimes you do it in a song. Sometimes you don't do it in a song. Sometimes you just say it. But this is the key. When you realize there's a heaviness of heart or mind, how do you break it? Start giving thanks. Begin to thank God for all the things you can remember. And then begin to thank God for the things that he is, that you are faithful. And when I say, rather than start with, you are the creator of the seventh heaven and the fourth gate, start with God, you paid my last bill. This is what you did. God, the last time I needed money, this is what. And then begin to go back. Wait a minute. This time, God, you came through. This time, God, you came through. So I'll give you a testimony. A few months ago, I was going through a really difficult period. And I was about to, you know, I woke up one morning and, and this same thing, heaviness and worry sitting on my shoulders. And the Lord said, I want you to now begin to remember. Recall and bring it back to mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because the Holy Ghost is saying things. And so I started and I began to realize before long, I was walking around my house shouting like a mad person. Because I realized every single time I had a need, every single time I lifted a prayer in my recent and extended memory, God had come through. So the picture I was having in my head that said he would not come through is not true. I began to roll through. I said, oh God, but you found a place for my daughter in school. Oh God, but you di did this. Oh God, you've provided this number of houses. Oh God, you've helped us here. Oh God, you've healed this. Oh God, you've provided for this. By the time I got to the 14th or 15th one, now I was shouting. I was angry that and you people wanted to make me feel like God was not true. I began to walk around the house like a mad person. Thank God my family understand who I am. And this is key. Remember, the source or the solution to heaviness is praise. Praise is reminding yourself that God is true to his word. Because ladies and gentlemen, and I can say this undoubtedly, you may have an unanswered prayer, but God is faithful. And when you begin to list the reasons and the things that he has done, they are far more than he has not done. And the Bible says that solves for you what is going on. So let me give you a scripture to nail it to the ground. And then, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm having too much fun. I wish we had five hours and I'm going to keep this list. Hear me well. Psalm 103. Verse, and you know what? I can sense the power of the Holy Ghost because I'm almost in tears. Psalm 103, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and this is key, and forget not all his benefits. Notice, most of your answers to prayer you did not work for. <laughs> and I'm saying this as a living witness. Most of the things that we thank God for, we did not work for, neither did we ask for. 
You cannot tell me. We literally have walked in one line of miraculous events after the other. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible says, remind yourself that God has been good. And then the, the psalmist begins to list them. But notice, he said, tell your mind, tell your soul, do what I say. He said, remember, this is what God has done all of a sudden trust me that cloud can't stay and this is the key it's called the law of displacement when god shows up darkness doesn't stay light darkness can only stay until a light is turned on the moment you turn a light on darkness does not quarrel it's called the law of displacement. So you must remember, making sure light comes into your circumstances and situations, it is a key to prayer. Okay, Isaiah 61, reading from verses 1 to 4. Psalm 103, reading from verses 1 to 6. 1 to 6. And hear me well. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we're having a lot of fun. I'm sorry, we're running out of time. But please remember this. The most important person in the place of prayer is God. The most important person in the place of prayer is God, not you. No matter what you are bringing, it is God that is most important. Why? It is God that answers prayers. Okay, I'm going to end with this. And this is, I won't give you any details, so, so because this, this, is, this is still working. But this is how God answers prayers. 15 years ago, I married a couple. A miracle happened to them. I won't tell you what it is. A miracle happened to them. It took 15 years for the miracle to happen. And the gentleman said, ah, and he mentioned out loud to his wife that, you know what? I really wish, since Pastor Badjo blessed us at our wedding, let him bless us now. But he said, you know what? He then said he gave himself seven or eight reasons why he couldn't call me. And he left it. Ah, oh, he's too busy. People like that are too busy. His wife sent me a message. Now, listen carefully. Just so you know that God is working beyond your understanding. Listen carefully. The wife sent me some messages, but then she thought better of it and thought, you know what, let me not insult this man. So she unsent them. The only difference, and that was on Saturday. I Before the Bible study, when the Lord said, this is what I want you to explain. I want you to explain to everybody that the most important person in the place of prayer is me. That the more they understand me, the easier prayer will become. I picked up my phone. I was about to sit down to get ready, and he, I just felt an urge. Let me call my nephew because it's his birthday. So I picked up my phone, called my nephew. As I finished the phone call, I, my phone gives me alerts. I saw the alerts of the messages this person had sent. So I went into the app to call the person. Now, listen to me carefully. Because she had unsent them, they had all disappeared, but I had read them. I called the husband. He was like, and how did you know? You serve a God 
of details. You survey God. So God made sure the messages stayed on my phone long enough for me to call the lady who I didn't get, then call the person. When I now mentioned to him that this is what's happened, congratulations. He said, I only mentioned this once. And I thought it's impossible. So I'm going to leave it. Before you end today's call, let's settle something. God is a God of details. Miracles are his preserve, not ours. That means there is nothing you are asking God for that he's not already working on, even though you do not know. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to end it now. And I say from the bottom of my heart, I'll repeat the most important things about tonight is this. The most important person in the place of prayer is God. Hear me well. <laughs> Every opposition to prayer that you face is found in a revelation of who God is, what God has done through Christ, and what the Holy Ghost is here to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue this, but if you're believing God for a miracle, don't give up. Because God is already working on what you are asking for. Push the door. You will realize it's closed, but it's not locked. May God keep you. God bless you. 